Happy birthday, Ulysses S. Grant. Daniel, you haven't said number one. You haven't said number one on your list. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the intro music. Welcome back to the We Can Do Better podcast. Welcome back to the quarantine machine. You are listening to Scene 13. I'm Thomas the Jet Martinez, joined alongside Daniel the Dragon Rauschwerger via Skype. He's in Miami. I'm in Sarasota. And it's finals week all across the world, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Thomas. Like you said, it is finals week. I just took an exam, a Spanish exam, Spanish 2 it is over with. It's done. Kaput. Touchdown. Is, is that it for all your finals? Do you have any other finals that you have to Got worry one about? More. Got one more final. It is a microeconomics final online. After that, I will be done with all of my finals, all of my classes, and I will be into the summer semester. How about you? Uh, Daniel, what time is it? It is now 4.27 p.m. Okay, I haven't examined in an hour. 5.30 p.m. 5.30 p.m. for one of my communication classes. I have studied tooth and nail. You know, I've studied so many hours for this exam. Some would say that they've never seen anybody study harder for any exam. Uh, it's a really terrific thing that's going on right now, the way I'm studying. So, you know, I, I'm definitely prepared for that exam. Uh, absolutely not prepared at all. Like, <laughs> I couldn't be any less prepared for this exam in an hour but Daniel, you know what? We're going to get through it. We're going to get through the exams. It's my only actual exam of the week. Uh, huh? I just have to write an essay for my Spanish class due by tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow, obviously, being a big day with it being Tuesday. And um, another big day, Daniel, that I want to talk about was yesterday. Because last night, we got episodes three and episode four of Jordan's The Last Dance documentary on ESPN. It's what the whole world is talking about, you know, with no sports going on. It doesn't matter for ESPN because this is still bringing in millions of viewers for them. So why don't we talk about it? Let's do it. Let's dive right into it. The last episode of The Last Dance was talking about the bad boy Pistons and how the Chicago Bulls really wouldn't beat the Chicago Bulls if it wasn't for them. So, you know, we got to see a lot of Dennis Rodman. That was the big pull for these last two episodes. We got to hear about Bill Lambeer, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan, you know, how they became the rough and tough Chicago Bulls team that put on a ton of weight just so they could finally get to their first championship. I loved it. I loved every second of it. The mind of Dennis Rodman is amazing. It's insane. You know, what did, what did you take from watching the couple episodes shown last night? Daniel, what I took from that documentary was how big Dennis Rodman was to Michael Jordan's legacy. I mean, before they were even teammates, you know, this was a guy that was tormenting him as an opponent on the Detroit Pistons. You know, he was tormenting Scottie Pippen, too. They, were, they, they admitted that the Detroit Pistons were the Chicago Bulls bully. And, you know, they were their big brother. Back-to-back -back years, the Chicago Bulls lost to the Pistons. I don't know if it was three years in a row. I know it was at least two years in a row. One of those years being a Game 7 defeat in which Scottie Pippen had a migraine. 
He shot like one for eight from the field or something terrible. And you know what? The Bulls, they couldn't get over that hump until Michael Jordan decided, I'm going to put on some muscle. And a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to put on muscle if you're playing a sport like basketball as much as Michael Jordan is when you're doing that much cardio. So for him to put in all that muscle in one offseason was ridiculous. It just showed how much he wanted to beat the Pistons. And it was too easy, Daniel. It was too easy for them to finally get over it. They swept them. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And like you were saying how hard it is to put on muscle. We're not talking about like some muscle. You know, they had his trainer on the episode and they were talking about what he did and stuff like that. And they said Michael Jordan started off at 200 pounds. And they're like, all right, so we're going to just go up in increments of five. He gained 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason. That is insane. That is ridiculous. That's like putting Michael Jordan on steroids for like two or three months and then saying, all right, go play basketball. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And not only did he put on muscle, but everybody else did. It was like, how are you going to beat these guys? Just gaining five pounds of muscle in that time frame is really hard. 15 pounds? I mean, I know we need to get get over that, but like, the part that stood out to me was when the trainer was saying he would tell Michael to do six reps of something, and Michael would always do 12. I'm like, what a f***ing man. Like, are you f***ing kidding me? How do you do that? He just kept on doing that, and that's just the type of mentality that you needed to win six championships. But Dennis Rodman, Daniel, I mean, there's no better word to describe his personality than bizarre. I mean, there's so many figures like that on the Chicago Bulls team, not necessarily bizarre, but like, where did these guys come from? Scottie Pippen came from a tiny school. So did Dennis Rodman. He didn't, he went to college. He started playing college ball at age 20. So it's just remarkable that these guys even got to this point. And when Dennis Rodman did, he completely changed. You know, I saw a lot of memes about Dennis Rodman as a piston and Dennis Rodman as a bull, because they were two completely different people. You know, he met Madonna and she kind of changed his persona. She really did. Like, he was a completely different person after he met Madonna. To have to take a vacation in the middle of a championship season, he said, hey, I need a vacation. And Phil Jackson goes, all right, 48 hours. This man said, I ain't coming back. <laughs> like, 84 hours later, like, Michael Jordan is coming into, like, Dennis Robbins' house and pulling him out of bed with Carmen Electra to go to practice. Can we insane. Can we please get that movie of Michael Jordan going to Vegas to get Dennis Rodman out of bed to make him come back to the Bulls? Like, there's no better way of describing how important Dennis Rodman was to the Bulls than literally having Michael Jordan go after him to Las Vegas to drag him back. And when he came back, Daniel, it was like he never left. Yep, yep. They were running this Indian drill where they were running laps and... Dennis Rodman was, they said, Michael Jordan said, when when Dennis Rodman got to the front of the line when they were running laps, to catch up to him, it took four laps around a track to catch up to Dennis Rodman running at full speed. That's how insane this man is. He just turns it on like a switch. And when it comes to other things related to switches, turning lights off, those are like switches too. And when you turn your light off in your bedroom, you typically go to bed. And when we talk about beds, there's so many types of beds, tons of beds. Listen, I could name you over a hundred beds. I really could. I promise you. I'm not lying. Maybe I am. 
but we only have so much time in a podcast and we only have so many beds that we can go into full description about. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and I have come up with a list of our top five best types of beds. Daniel, that was the introduction of a lifetime. I've spent countless hours, countless days. Um, really, since this quarantine started, I've spent most of my time putting this list together. And it's an honor to finally, you know, have today, April 27th, the day that we're recording this, be the day that we get to unveil this list. So why don't we get it started, Daniel? My number five. Now, this is a bed size. It's a type of bed that means a lot to me. Uh, it's a bed that I had recently. And, you know, I think beds are a lot like marriages. You know, there's rough times and there's good times. You know, there's soft beds and there's hard beds. And, you know, what? this bed, it was, uh, it was kind of like that honeymoon phase. You know, you get to college, you get to Florida State University, you're a freshman. You know, your whole, your whole world is ahead of you. And what bed do you have at that time? What bed does every college student have at that time? Daniel, it's a twin extra large bed. And that's a bed that I had. It's a bed that you had. And it's the bed that changed my life. Number five on my list, maybe number one in my heart. And, you know, this bed, it might not have been the longest size. You know, I'm six foot five. It's hard to find a bed that fits me, right? But to have that twin XL bed, you know, it was it was the growth, Daniel, it was the growth of a long and lasting loving relationship with Florida State University. So when I think of twin XL beds, I think of Florida State University and I love Florida State University. If you'd asked me if I love Florida State University before I got into a twin XL bed, the answer would have been no, Daniel. And you know that is true. Number five on your list. Yep. Wow. Beautiful description. Thank you, Thomas. When you talk about growing and growth, you talk about twin XL beds. My number five has to be one of the best inventions in the world. Listen, I may ask people, hey, hey, I need to move a bed, a mattress, a frame, all the way to another room. Well, that's gonna be tough because there's a whole mattress, there's a whole frame. Well, let me ask you a question. Is it easier to move a bed or a sofa or a couch? Definitely Correct a sofa. Answer? Yeah, yep, sofa. That's why futon beds come at my number five. One of the best inventions since probably sliced bread. Wow. Yeah. I'm yeah. shocked. I know, I know. It's a big shocker. So you want to sit down in a couch. You want to have multiple people be comfortable in a setting. Go ahead. Get a futon, right? You can go ahead. You can sit down, watch the game, hang out, eat some pretzels or whatever sort of snack you're munching on. It fits well in a more professional setting. And then all of a sudden, professional out, time for sleep pull off the top of it, flip it out, futon bed. You can take a nap while still hanging out with friends or boom, go ahead, have a good night's sleep. Make it your bedroom, why not? Futon beds, my number five. Thomas, your number four. Daniel, I love taking naps with my friends. Um, so I agree about futons. Number four, Daniel. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where do I begin? Hammocks, hammocks. You know what? When I think of my childhood, Daniel, I think of one thing. I think of one memory. That is bike riding from my house in Pinecrest to Matheson Hammocks. Now, I would go to Matheson Hammocks, which you know is this beach 
that overlooks Biscayne Bay and the Miami skyline to the left. I would go to this beach and I would set up my own hammock, one singular Matheson hammock in Matheson hammocks. Nice. So this was obviously before I was as as large and rambunctious as I am now. This is when I was a young child. And I would go there, Daniel, and I would read some of my favorite books by Ernest Hemingway. My favorite books by Ernest Hemingway. And I would read them on that hammock and I would learn a lot about life. When I think about learning, when I think about looking into one's own soul and finding something that they didn't know about themselves and, you know what, applying that to real life, I think of hammocks. You know, some of my greatest thoughts, some of my greatest ideas. I'll give you one example. The We Can Do Better podcast. It was one afternoon. I was in my family's property in North Carolina, Daniel, outside of our cabin, and I was hanging out in a hammock. And I thought to myself, why not start a podcast? Why not start a sports podcast with my friend Daniel Roushworker, you know, where we talk about a lot of things, where the first words said are Francesco Molinari, and where, you know, we, we devote our entire time to becoming the most listened to podcast in the country of Rwanda. And you know what? I was sitting on a hammock when I did that, and hammocks will always have a special place in my heart, Daniel. And there's not really much more I could say. Number four on your list. Number four on my list, it is going to be, by the way, what a be- beautiful Hemingway, one of my favorites. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? <laughs> Get out of here. I love him. Yeah, he's great. You got to love Ernest. What an Ernest guy. Number four on my list, it's got to be a trundle bed, baby. All right. What? I made a last minute change, but it's a trundle bed. I had a trundle bed growing up in my early years when I was just a mere child. When you go to the supermarket and you see something you love, an item, maybe maybe it's some food, maybe it's a deal, and it's buy one, get one free. Do you take it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So why wouldn't you take one bed and get another one free? Trundle beds. You have one bed, but this is just a mere facade, my friend. You pull out something from underneath, boom, another bed. Two in one. It's a two in one. You have your buddy over. You're in like third grade. You just got done playing some video games and then playing catch outside and you want to have a sleepover. Great. Pull out your bed. You got a trundle. You can hang out with your bro in your room. Not have to put up another mattress. It's already there. Trundle beds. Probably the best invention since futon beds. Boom. Daniel, that was beautiful. Number number three on my list, you know, that was a beautiful description of the trundle bed, an often overlooked bed. Number three on my list, it's a bed that when I think of my family's trip to, to Spain in 2007, you know, probably my favorite country to visit in the world, Spain, I think of this type of bed. And it brings me back to a poem that I remember reading when I was in Spain during that time, and it's called The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. And he says, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Only Only this and nothing more, Daniel. That's what I think about bunk beds. You know, you're connected to somebody else. You might be on the bottom, you might be on the top. It's like a relationship. And you know what, Daniel? 
you're on the bottom of this bed or you're on the top and you get lost. You get lost in that idea. You think the bed is all to yourself. And you know what Edgar Allan Poe is trying to say in The Raven is that he loves bunk beds. He loves bunk beds. That's absolutely what this poem is about. And it reminds me of my family staying in a hotel in Madrid, Madrid, the capital of Spain in 2007, staying in a bunk bed. I slept on the top. My sister slept on the bottom. And you know what? I remember thinking about these words by Edgar Allan Poe, probably my second favorite poet in the history of poetry. And I, I can't say more without really getting emotional, Daniel. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to do that on this podcast, but... Hey, it's all right. It's all right. Bunk beds mean a lot to me, man. <laughs> they mean yeah. a lot to me. Yeah, I bet. You know what? That was that was amazing. I, I know Ernest Hemingway, like you said before, is great. But I mean, come on, Edgar Allan Poe, just a magician with words. And I never really got to understand the whole Raven aspect, but you just broke it down so beautifully. Thank you, thank you, and. Don't thank me. Don't thank me. Thank yourself, Daniel. Wow. Wow. Thank you. No, I'm sorry. Thank me. No, I'm thank. Okay. You know what? Number three on my list. I've been watching a lot of videos of Alvin Kamara over this off season, and he does a lot of balancing workouts. And I wouldn't be surprised if he also sleeps on a waterbed. Waterbeds are my number three. You want to go swimming, but you can't. You want to take a nap, but you can't. Put the two together. You get a waterbed, and now you can. You can do both of them at the same time. Works on your balance, on your stability. A lot of people say it's like sleeping on water. Well, it is, because you're sleeping on a bed made of water, right? I would get a waterbed probably three out of five times. That's over 50%. Have I ever had a waterbed? No. Have I ever slept on a waterbed? No, but I think the concept is quite amazing. What kind of water is in the waterbed? Is it salt? Is it fresh? Can you put fish in the waterbed? Is it Probably carbonated? Not. Is it carbonated water? Who knows? Well, yeah, I don't know. And if you're thirsty in the middle of the night and you forgot your water, you don't have any water next to you, just stick a straw in the waterbed. Boom. There you go. How about thirsty? That? I think not. Quench? Suffice. That's my number three. Waterbeds. Daniel, that was that was wonderful. I love waterbeds. Uh, you know, I get thirsty at night usually before going to sleep, so that would be big for me. Before we get to my number two, I want to bring back a quote by the great Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Daniel, he said, "If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward." And that brings me to number two on my list, Daniel, the carpet. As you know, you know, you've lived with me for the better part of the last two years, and especially in the last year, in our apartment in Quantum on West Call in Tallahassee, you've seen something that I have an affinity for, and that is taking short naps on the carpet. And these naps are usually happening in the middle of the day, between breaks, between classes. You know, maybe I have to go to work in an hour. I have something coming up, but I have a little bit of time, and I spend that time laying down on the carpet, and if I can't walk, Daniel, if I'm tired, if I can't walk, then I'm going to crawl, 
But, you know, I usually never fall asleep on the carpet. And it's controversial that I'm including this in the list. I know it is because it's a carpet. You might yep. not think it's a bed. But to me, a bed, necess- it's not necessarily about sleeping, Daniel. It's about resting. I think beds are for resting. You know, I like I like using my bed here in Sarasota just to rest. You know, maybe I won't be sleeping. Maybe I'll be just chilling out. And when I think of carpets, I think about that. Because at the end of the day, I'll go to my next ta- task. I'll go to work. I'll go fulfill the responsibility that I was put on this great earth to fulfill. But whatever you do, Daniel, you have to keep moving forward. And when I think of carpet, I think of that Martin Luther King Jr. quote. Amen, brother. Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful analogy. Beautiful connection. You know, last year, our freshman year, I think you remember this quite well. We had a rug in our in our dorm and you said, Daniel, there's nothing like a good carpet to lay down on. And I said, Thomas, what the hell are you talking about? You said, Daniel, you don't understand. I said, you're right. I don't. We came to Quantum on West Call. And I shook my head. I said, nay, to laying down on the carpet for a while. And then one day I said, eh, whatever, I'll do it. Changed my life. Changed my life. Laying down on that carpet, I love it. It's great. I'll do it probably once a day. So... Even though I don't agree that a carpet is a bed, you make a good argument for how it is a a place of rest. I'll take it. I'll take it at the number two. And I'll transition that to my number two. Pretty similar to the carpet. It's the Alaskan king-size bed. And you know what? Do I need an Alaskan king-size bed? Maybe. Probably not, considering that I'm only like 5'4". So you can see how similar we are in our necessary... and the needs of our beds. So I just think it's a lot of fun. Why the heck would I not want a Alaskan king size bed? I mean, there's a picture of Dion Waiters, I believe, who had, a, was it an Alaskan or a Californian king size bed? And this thing was mammoth. It was humongous. It was probably, I don't even know how long, but it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like you would need specially fitted sheets. But, uh, there's a price to pay for the things that you want. Alaskan king size beds, number two. That's my take. Thomas the Jet Martinez. Daniel, I have a lot of people who have inspired me throughout my life. You know, a few people being Abraham Lincoln, the recently mentioned Martin Luther King Jr., Jesus Christ, and my favorite basketball player of all time, Mr. Dwayne Wade. And he has a beautiful quote, Daniel, about success that I think correlates a lot to the type of bed that I'm going to be introducing to you. And it's a bed that's actually been mentioned on this list. But it's a bed that means so much to me that I think it deserves this type of introduction, Daniel. And Mr. Wade says, quote, success means being satisfied with what you do every day. It's being proud of the better person you are becoming, end quote. And you know what? Alaska king beds, you mentioned it earlier about how you might not need an Alaska king bed. It's certainly something I want. You know, I'm six foot five as I I don't have to say it 50 times, but these beds are nine by nine feet, Daniel. They're, (laughs) They're pretty long beds. And I really do need that type of bed. And You know what? I like to stretch out, Daniel, at the end of a long day. And 
an Alaska king gives me that opportunity more than any other type of bed. And you might argue that a carpet might give, you know what? No, Daniel, I'm, I'm going to do this right now. I had the Alaska king bed at number one on my list and I had the carpet at number two. I'm switching it now. A carpet Whoa. is number one on my list of beds. Yeah, I'm changing it. Daniel, there's nothing like the carpet. Every other bed is too similar. Oh, my God. I'm going to sleep for nine hours. Oh, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm going to sleep for 11 hours tonight. <laughs> a carpet, Daniel, reminds me of better times. It reminds me of before the quarantine, before all of this madness, where I was just searching for a small amount of rest. It didn't have to be a long sleep. I didn't have to sleep for 12 hours. It didn't matter what time that I went to sleep. What mattered was that I was well-rested enough, Daniel, to carry out the goals that I wanted to achieve in life. And I think all of us are searching to return to that carpet in our life, that safety blanket, you know, that thing that keeps us together in, in a crazy world where we're trying to just, you know, be one part of the puzzle that's more important than the rest, you know, it's the last piece of the puzzle. That's what we want to be. We want to be that essential part of the puzzle. And it's hard to find that puzzle, Daniel, if you're not sitting on a carpet. Wow, 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 wow. Big time, big time switcheroo by Thomas Martinez. Thomas the Jet Martinez taking his number one and number two, switching them, putting carpet at number one, big time. Big time players, big time games, big time plays. Said that wrong. Doesn't matter. Number one on my list, it's just a twin bed. It's just a regular bed. I mean, you know what? I feel like every kid in their life is going to have a twin bed sometime or another, whether they're growing up, whether they go to college, whether they get it for their kids or not, right? So if it's such a staple in the life, how can it not be the number one bed? I had a twin bed growing up. I loved it. It was great. And I'm pretty good at picking my own beds. My sister has said it many times. Daniel, how come your bed is so much more comfortable than mine? I just say, you know what, Amy? I'm just good at picking beds. Sorry. Sue me. Um, with the twin bed being number one, you can't go wrong. That's why they call it all reliable. Enough said. End of discussion. Period. Happy birthday, Thomas Martinez. Let's go.